Hey guys, how's it going? Um, welcome to the conversation continued. Um, just want to introduce like who you're looking at here. If maybe you don't know, all right. Uh, this is Pastor Guy, our lead pastor here at Fox River Christian Church. Uh, this is our good friend Harold Morrow and Fox River Tender. Um, Thank you, man. We got to talk yesterday. We're gonna we're gonna keep you can that. Call going. me anything except late for dinner. Oh, call no. me late for dinner. We're in trouble. I won't do that. All right, good. but I might As beat you, you can there. tell, I haven't <laughs> missed a dinner in a couple of decades. But all right, hey, hey it's all good. It's all good. Um, and I'm Pastor Bill. It's good to be here with you. Um, I'm glad that you can be a part of this uh, tonight. Um, as we as we alluded to about 10 seconds ago, we began this conversation, Harold and I, yesterday um, at the weekend service. And, um, and we're, we're really just stepping into a conversation uh, that has everything to do with injustice, uh, has everything to do with, um, I mean, let's just be honest, a little bit of madness going on, right? Um, and, and frustration, all these different feelings going on. And, and, and what we're doing is, is, by God's grace and with the love of Jesus Christ, we're entering into this conversation um, as, as, as his church, his community, his presence, uh, God's presence here on the earth. So we're going we're gonna to do our best to bring honor to Jesus Christ. We're going to do our best to help each one of us yes. kind of navigate through uh, uh, this, this time. And, um, and, and with the full knowledge that this isn't going to fix everything, okay? Uh, we're, we're not looking to solve the world's problems. Uh, we're not cre creating world peace here in the few minutes that we're uh, able to share together. Um, but we do want to do something. And what we can do is have that conversation. And, and Lord willing, it will make a difference in each of our lives and in our homes uh, today. So um, here at Fox River, you might say, like, okay, why are we doing this? Okay, well, I'll give you a little bit. Let me give you the, the, the foundation layer as well. Uh, here at Fox River, our heart is people. All right? Our message is Jesus. Yeah, so amen. everything we do is, is, is oriented uh, uh, with that mission. And, and this is part of it, right? So when, when tough times come, and we're definitely in those, we, we, we step into them, all right, just like Jesus did, right? He meet each of us where we're at. Uh, we, don't, we don't dodge conversations. We don't dodge tough times, um, but we enter into them. So we're really looking forward to that time together. Can I just say Please. right now, I mean, <clears throat> actually, as a black man, or like I said yesterday, a brown man, Yeah. <laughs> I like to applaud you guys that you actually are addressing this because you don't really – have to right. I mean if you look at the word you have to mm -hmm. because there are no geographic boundaries when it comes to God's love or his pain or the pain of the world but the fact that you guys are going outside what you normally would I know we've talked before and for sure as a as a black man I think that it, it has encouraged me because you could just say well you know I'm a minority in a congregation that doesn't really need to address it but the fact that you're saying, hey, here's an opportunity to, to spread love, it's just, that's awesome. That gives me the freedom to say, hey, here's somewhere where I can, I can talk and I can share. You know, we already shared before air on some of this stuff, you know, and I kind of got sand in my eyes. But I do appreciate what you guys are doing. Thank you. It's Thanks, real. Errol. Thanks. Yeah. I, it, you know what it is? You, you said something. It's, it's, you know, these things happen, and, and um, a lot of times we, we feel – uh, like we're the victim of circumstance or, or this is happening and we have no control. Um, and really, we have the freedom in Christ to have these conversations, right? And, and, and we have the freedom to look at these in an appropriate light. These are opportunities. 
all right, to shine the light of Christ into the darkness. By the way, the darkness has not overcome it, right? So when Jesus came in, right, he would not be defeated. Hell's gates, right, the kingdom will advance against uh, hell's gates. Um, so we're, we're, just, we're just in line with what, what God is doing here on the planet Earth till he comes back. Well, this is really cool. I mean, in this country, <clears throat> I'm starting to see less and less freedom to be able to do this. I mean, it is getting darker and darker out there. And that's probably one of the reasons why so many people have acted out of, I don't want to say vengeance, but revenge. And it's just, it's just so far off of what should have responded. So the fact that we can do this, we should continue to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. You know? Yep, absolutely. So, thank you. Yeah. So, yesterday we started that conversation. Tonight we're continuing it. We are, like, totally acknowledging the tension and the awkwardness and all of that. Some people, you're real vocal. Other people, um, you know, maybe such as myself, ironically, because I'm, I'm on camera here. But, <laughs> ironically, it's like, man, I, just, I don't know what to say. And I almost analyze too much, you know. So, so kind of just acknowledging that full gamut. Um, just want to give permission to each one of us. Hey, let's have this conversation together. You're going to have the opportunity to, to type questions and comments in the chats across all three of our online forums. I would highly encourage you to do that, okay? Now, let's use wisdom. Let's use sensitivity. Uh, everything we type, everything we ask, let's do it with love, okay? We're going to do things the right way. But, hey, let's be honest, too, okay? This is, for the most part, this is a safe place so let's really enjoy that freedom that god has given us and you know this holy spirit's telling me to say this with respect intact what question would you ask a black man that you never felt you could especially regarding this with respect intact right and father and you know one who is um you know very in tune with your family too so right. all I those got, questions I've got should two be, kids i've yeah, got a son in. He's in his 20s. They've got a daughter in her early 20s. They're in a different generation than I. You know, they're millennials. Are they millennials, I guess? Yeah. No, kind of? They're Gen like my age. Y I No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I can't claim that anymore. Anyway. <laughs> but no, what kind of question would you, I mean, because right, quite honestly, because of the narratives that are out there and the media sometimes is so scripted, mm -hmm. they can't ask their question and it really is on the heart. If you ask that really honest question on the heart, yeah. we can address that even from the scripture and from real experience. Thanks. Thanks for opening yourself up that way too, Harold, and you know, being a big contributor here. Guy, would you mind opening us up in prayer before we uh, get too deep here? Is that sure. all right? Cool. Yeah, love to do that. Um, right. If you happen to be a follower of Jesus, um, his prayer for us is that we would um, be in unity. Mm -hmm. And that was the John 17 prayer, so I want to pray that one. If um, you're not yet a follower of Jesus and join with this and entering the conversation. Um, our prayer that I, I hope that you'll join in with this is um, God's desire that we would be able to show love yeah. as we are people of grace and um, strive to be um, people of truth as well. So to that end, please join me in, in this prayer. Jesus, I pray that what you want will be clear and it will become a reality for us. We can be a part of it. We pray that we will be. I pray that there'll be a lot of grace in the conversation tonight because it's so easy uh, to say something that could just not be 
completely what's in our heart, but the pressure of you know doing it in front of other people, um, it sometimes causes us to get a little bit jammed up. And so I pray that you'll keep us um, from that as well. Thanks for everybody that's joining. I really hope that you'll bring help. I pray that you will, you'll do something special. Thanks for the opportunity. Amen. 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 All right, Harold. I think uh, this, this is so obvious people might not even type it, okay? But, but like, who am are I, you? Am I really black? Who are, no, man. <laughs> <laughs> no. Who am no. I? All right. Melatonin. Yeah, we yeah, know, yeah. We right, know. right. Okay, I got okay. a little bit more melanin. Who, yeah, tell I tell was us. in the oven a little bit longer than you guys. No. <laughs> so so uh, <laughs> we can go that route, but no, I don't go there. Um, I am Harold, and I am from Chicago. Um, hence. Go Pack Go. Ah, yeah, right. Yeah. Bear down, Chicago Bear. All right, anyway. I don't know why I'm still a Bears fan, but it's, maybe it's got some family roots down in there somewhere because I know we haven't been as good as we could have been. <laughs> That's a nice way to put it. But wait till the next game. But anyway, say, you hope, hey. You hope I, for what, what is not seen. Right, you're right, right. Hoping, you're just hoping. <laughs> you know. So, um, hey, I was transplanted due to my career, and I'm an engineer. came up here um, not really by choice. At first, but then now I find myself, since I've been here, I've been able to be used by God in so many different ways. That was all part of God's infinite wisdom and his sovereignty over my life. Mm -hmm. But as a black man in Chicago, I was born and raised a certain way. I was born and raised in a God-fearing family. Believe it or not, I, not, I do not believe I was born into a racist family. Why do I say that? Because racism can be... Racism can be applied regardless of your skin color you can be black and be racist you can be white and be racist i mean i've seen more racism in some areas black on black than i've seen white on black i know that might be controversial but it's the truth so um i was raised in a god-fearing family i did experience some racism I talked to you guys about some of those situations, you know. You want me to elaborate on that a little bit I mean, without it, getting too? It's your story, and to be able to help us to understand, you know, your vantage point. Like, how do you see things? You know, how have you experienced sure. this? And that may also help people to, you know, ask the question that is in their heart to be able to ask. Well, I'll share two. You only heard one, but there's one before that was even more impactful for me. Thank and you. I will be okay. short with that, and then I'll share the other one. So... Growing up in the South Side, predominantly a, a changing community. Whites were moving out of the South Shore area. Blacks were moving in. My block was about 60-40 black, 60-40 white. My neighbor, my next-door neighbor was a white Jewish doctor. And um, Dr. Louie, I don't even know his last name, but he made an impact on my life. His son asked to take me to uh, the major university at the time when I was eight years old because he saw me out playing and he said, hey, would, would, would Harold like to go with me to my college class and laboratory? And my mom said yes. He put me in his Volkswagen in 1960, 1970 and I went to the University of Chicago and it opened up a whole new world for me. It influenced me. Fast forward. I go to a school, Bryn Mawr School, and my best friend was Tom O'Connor. And it was a little white guy, 
I was never little, so I was a big (laughs) (laughs) So he and I, we were two peas in a pod. We played together. We played Hot Wheels cars and everything. He lived two blocks from me. On Sunday night, we were playing race cars over his house. And it became 8 o'clock, and my mom called his mom. Hey, Harold's got to come home. Back then, you could walk two, three, four blocks without having an escort. So I said, Tom, I'll see you tomorrow at school in first grade. First grade or kindergarten? First, first grade. He didn't show up. Well, what happened to Tom? I walked back, because back then you could go to school for lunch. You could walk home for lunch. So I walk by his house, and there was a for sale sign in his house. They had moved between 7 p.m. Sunday night to noon Monday morning, and I never saw Tom again. Yeah, I didn't tell you that one. I wow. Know. Yeah. So why do you think they moved, Harold? Who knows, but what Who do you knows? think? Is it that obvious? It was racial profiling. Okay. I, okay. I suspect because there was mm-hmm. redlining going on mm-hmm. in that community, and there were just people moving in droves at night. Now, did it impact me? Not really so much because my mom has always kept me to have an even keel. You do not judge the color of the skin, you judge the content of the character. Later in life, I've experienced different things. I've always been either the first black person in the comp- the schools that I had attended. You know, I went to the University of Chicago, actually in summer school later because of that experience. And uh, was opened up to a lot of different experiences. As a young professional in college, I worked in a company in Quad Cities. I'm driving really fast on my 20th birthday to get back to school. I went home for the weekend. I mean, back to work, went home for the weekend to see my family. I'm going back to work as a young engineer. I get stopped on the interstate highway in in an area that's known for racial tensions at that time. And um, I could, I was speeding. I hope there's no one. Are there statues of limitations out there? Okay, good. Yeah. So I was speeding. I, I could see the cop going opposite direction. We locked arms. He saw me. I saw him. And I could see. I locked eyes. Arms or eyes, right? Eyes. Yeah. I mean, Not arms. Eyes, right? Right. right. Locked eyes. Yeah. I could see the mirrored. Yeah, that would be really weird to try to do that. Mm-hmm. I could see the mirrored sunglasses locked onto me as we're driving past. And uh, and. He did not even wait to turn around in a turnaround. He went down in the ditch and came up. I had already pulled over by the time he got to me. He came up, took my license, ran my license, and then he came back in a total different spirit. And he basically pulled me out of the car. I was bigger than him, larger than him, but he had a gun. I said, sir, what's the problem? He said, you're driving on an expired license. And he proceeded to rough me up pretty bad, um, not like beating, but threw me against the car, put the cuffs on me, things of that nature. And uh, I, I was fear for my life. I was 20 years old, and I said, oh, my God, he could, he could shoot me. It didn't happen. Did that, thought, did that thought go through your mind? Yes, it did. I, was, I remember saying, I remember praying to God because I was a Christian, said, Lord, please let me get out of this situation. 
And as I was sitting in the back of the car with handcuffs on, he, he let me have cuffs in the front, believe it or not, with my briefcase and my hard hat and my pocket protector. That was a nerdy engineer. He's <laughs> laughing. <laughs> and then as he ran my license and couldn't find anything in my file, because I've never been arrested, he said, okay, boy, today is your lucky day. I'm not gonna take you in, but if anyone else stops you between here and the state line, you never saw me before. And I said, you, you're right, I never saw you before. I knew what he was doing was wrong, but I needed to survive that situation. And there's some other things. He followed me six feet behind my car for 13 miles until I got to the state line. Again, though, because of my upbringing, I didn't judge everybody for that situation. But if I wouldn't have had that, I could have easily been bitter. I could have easily, I could have easily projected that to the next person and the next person and the next person. Very easily. Yeah. Well, a lot of people are uh, asking this. It's a simple question, right? So those are from the past. Does racism really exist today? Now, yeah, I could tell already. Okay. <laughs> now, the obvious is words well, fly. Right. Okay. Right. So it so, still exists today. It's more it. It's not overt like it was during slavery, obviously, and even, but it still exists today. It's nowhere near where it was, but it still exists today. Why? Because it's a heart condition. And there will always be fallen people. It's a sin nature. For us to expect there to be no racism, and by the way, racism is judging someone because of the pigmentation of their skin or because of their cultural background. Oh, you're from the city. I mean, there's other code words for racism. You know, you don't say, oh, you're an inner city guy. We used to, we used to have that in the 90s. Oh, you're inner city. You know, oh, you talk a certain way. I mean, I used to, I used to get, I get racism now when someone hears me on the phone and thinks I'm white. I've had situations, because I owned a company and my, my partner was a, was, was a white man I was the CEO, he was the chief engineer. I cut the deal on the phone when we arrived to the meeting. I told them, I said, they're probably gonna think you're Harold. Cause I wanted to prove a point. His name is Mike and he said, no, that, that'll never happen. I said, Mike, watch, this is gonna happen. But it's okay, I'm good with it. We walked in, the gentleman looked at us and he went straight to Mike and said, hey Harold, how you doing? I don't know whether like laugh or cringe or probably like a mixture. Well, you know? I mean, it's just I honest, think, you know, yeah, both. Jim Carrey it's face honest. or something. So, yeah. so that's me. That's the experience that I've had. And that was only 15, well, was, uh, 20 years ago. Not that old, but that was 20 years ago. I think I've experienced racism within the last six months. Probably within the last two weeks. Not from a white man, from, from, from outside because the, you know, other cultures and other countries are not even where we are when it comes to 
if I could use the term racial equality. Right. So there's a whole myriad of things. You know, racism is there. It's not what happens to us. It's how we respond to it. Remember what I said earlier about you can't stop birds from flying around your head, but you can stop them from making a nest in your hair. Okay. So, and then, so I mean, you know, that's because of my upbringing. Unfortunately, not everyone was raised the way I was. And we can get into that a little bit later, you know, what we talked about. That's one right. of the reasons why we're seeing the outburst of anger and, sure. and we're seeing the, you know, it's a narrative that's being played. And because people aren't prepared for it, they're taking it. It's like a fish to a, a hook with bait on it. Hmm. And if you don't know truth, you're going to react a certain way. Sherry asked this question. She said, how, how can, uh, I'm paraphrasing Sherry, okay? But how, how can, um, how can someone who, who's not a person of color, right? Um, same color, right? How can they come alongside and support a brother or sister of color? Right. That's so good question. How do you step in good that space, question. right? First thing is don't try to act black. <laughs> I got her laughing. That's the truth. That is the worst thing to do because you're not black, right? I mean, I can try to act white, mm -hmm. but I'm not. We should celebrate our differences and, in, and understand that it's, you know, God make, makes Neapolitan. He doesn't like just vanilla or chocolate. I like Neapolitan, I don't know. too. Yeah, don't very, you? Yeah, I do. I, I don't, don't like pistachio, though. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> but it, you do like pistachio. <laughs> so, but you know what I mean? Celebrate the differences. Be yourself. Be honest. Recognize them. Hey, I know I'm different than you. I know I was raised, you know, I live out here and you live there. But you know what? Let me get to know you. That's how you express love, right? It's that, it's that love, right? It's That's like, the love. Like what, what does, what does uh, I've heard a, uh, another pastor, he says, what does love require, right? What does love require? You know, how, how do I, um, it, it, it's it's easier said than done a lot of times, but if somebody's different than me, how do I love them? Well, I think kindness, I think being truthful, right? Being gracious and, and just acknowledge, like you said, Harold, just acknowledging, Hey, there are differences here, but we can embrace those. Right. Right. See, part of the problem that we have these ten, pent up angers is because we have left the real conversation of love to other than the church. Let me just be honest here. I, and I've been involved in other racial reconciliation movements within the church. You know, I was involved in Promise Keepers. And, you know, I mean, I, I drove, myself and two other black men, drove from Chicago to Boulder, Colorado in 1993. And I stayed, you, you, you got to hear the short story. We went there because we knew there was a movement of God. It had caught our hearts on the radio. And we knew that they were dealing with racial reconciliation. And they were believers. And we had to stay someplace. And back there before the internet, you had to use a phone, this thing called a telephone. So there were, there, there were Christians in Littleton, Colorado that opened up their homes to strangers to stay for the weekend. And knowing where we come from and knowing racial tension, even in the church, hint, hint, even in the church, I called the lady that said we could stay there. And I led her and I said, hey, by the way, 
we're three black guys coming. And do you know what she said? She paused. She said, and? (laughs) And do you know that was like love? Made an impact on you? It made an impact, man. I can, to this day, I might get in tears because it's like, a strength, she, she's a single, older, white woman that lets three young black guys come into their house. She doesn't know us. From Chicago, love. It was expression of love. She treated Beautiful. us like she wanted to be treated. Matthew seven twelve. I love it. Shout out to her. Yeah. Hope she's listening tonight. Oh, man. Hey, so, Harold, there, there's, a, there's many people who believe that all police officers... Uh, are acting like the like the one that you experienced and what was seen similarly right same same spirit perhaps of what happened to to mr floyd um you have a different opinion on that don't you now now what is your thought on that and how do you how do you i mean let's narrow the focus so if you have a different opinion on that um how do you talk to your children How, how have you spoken to your son about these things, sure. you know, in the 20, 20 years or so that he's been on the air. Well, whoever asked that question probably wasn't at service on Sunday when I was hugging a police officer because of his of of what we had done. It impacted him so much that he got emotional. He came up to you, right? He came to me. He came to me and said what I had said. This uh, that eight minutes had impacted him, and he was struggling. And, you know, I just wrapped my arms around and said, dude, look, we love you. Because what you saw happen to that gentleman, I believe it was George Floyd, that's not every police officer. In fact, the vast majority of police officers are not that way. And even what happened to me is not every police officer. I've had black-on-black racism or classism in Chicago practice towards me from police officers so we can't use the police officer as automatically being racist let, let me pause there for a second though harold so so forgive me for interrupting sure. you. sure but, but i know with me when 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 something that shouldn't happen my emotions kind of kick in and i i have a tendency my wife would agree I have a tendency sometimes to, to, to react according to how I feel instead of what I know right. or what I know. Right. right? So, so how do you, I mean, gosh, this answer could take all night, but, but like how do, you, how do you not do that? Because cause if some, like you only said a little bit, but if those things happen to me, mm-hmm. it would be really difficult to not look at every police officer through that lens right yeah i'd have to so i'd have to look i have responsibility as a believer to look at that person the way jesus would look at that person in my flesh i might want to strike out but i'm not supposed to live according to the flesh but according to the spirit now that take does it take a level of maturity not really it takes faith of a mustard seed so now you asked us something, how do I raise my children? Yes. We have to be wise as, 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 as serpents, heavenly as doves. Not every officer's got it together. Not every officer's had a great day. You've got to understand, officers are in a very high stress level. 
you know, I happen to watch some some TV shows where they show like live traffic stops and things like that. And you can see every traffic stop can be your last. So understanding the context of that. It pays attention to not to put the police officer in an antagonistic situation, even if you are innocent. You do not have to prove your innocence at the engagement of the officer. That officer, whether it's male or female, is supposed to make an assessment. You go along with the officer, be as polite as possible, and you give them the information. You do not need to resist, even if you are not at fault. Now, that does not address what may have happened several weeks ago. That Personally, I felt that was an injustice. I've seen mm-hmm. it happen twice. I feel it was an injustice. I didn't feel it. For sure. For sure, and it did not get handled correctly and it took protest that's what protest is for fine but we do not need to resist because that will allow it to de-escalate the situation it's similar between a husband and wife Mm -hmm. you don't have to escalate you can de-escalate but it takes knowing who's got your back right right And if I follow Christ, what would Jesus do? Jesus would not automatically judge someone based on the situation. In fact, Jesus would say, forgive them for they don't know what they do. Because there's a lot more on a police officer than it is on an individual. Well, speaking of those protests, and, and Pastor Guy, I'll let you go second, okay? Because I, w- I want to know your thoughts on this too. But, but how, with these protests going on, Harold, what's... Um, what are your thoughts on 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 those? You know, because some some people the protests or the riots. No, it's two I'm saying, separate things. Yeah, no, I'm glad you asked <laughs> that because I, I I did I I used the particular word protest because yeah you know riots. I believe the protest was necessary. I don't necessarily ascribe to whatever organizations were part of it. I believe that the protest was necessary. It's as just as though it was necessary when Martin Luther King walked when Rosa Parks was denied to be able to sit in the front of the bus and they boycotted the bus. Okay. I believe that was, and you know, depending on where you were, there were dogs let out. There were fire hoses put on people. I mean, there was a lot of like wrong stuff done to black and white and Asian. There were not just black people in that line walking to Selma, Alabama. I was five years old when King was killed. And then I saw the riot part. I saw the violence part, which is anger expressed, I feel, in the wrong way. It's nothing wrong with being angry, demanding for justice. It's how you express it. Mm-hmm. You shall not sin. You shouldn't sin your anger because then you're just as debased as the one that's doing the sin to you. Right. So... Um, I separate. The protest was necessary. Peaceful protest is good. I'm not sure the continuation of it. I believe that there is justice being done now. There should be some other things, some more maybe evaluation of of procedure. There's even right. question whether that was truly even taught. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's a lot of things behind a particular situation. We shouldn't get lost in that particular situation. Let's use that to deal with the the issues that you know are lingering out out, out there. Absolutely. Um, 
You know, a lot of young people have not been taught how to have self-value. So therefore, you don't have to devalue where you live. Right. Because you're not doing any. That does not solve anything. But that means that just they have no other. They have, they have no other way to express this anger because of the church. And this is where I was getting to way back. You know, even though I've been through those different areas decades ago and racial reconciliation, yeah. still to this day, the church is the most segregated <laughs> meeting place on Sunday. There's more integration in a Bears-Packer game <laughs> mm. than there is in the church. It's true. It's true. That we need to deal with. That is a testimony to what you guys are doing here and other people to let's put this out there. Praise God. You know, and then not let it be a little thing that, okay, I feel good because, you know, hey, I went and talked to my brother, right. you know, I said, hey, power to you, you know, or something like that. I mean, real love, real reconciliation is expressing differences and being able to handle what might come from that. And then how do we put the love of Jesus on that? Mm -hmm. How do we walk the love of Jesus? Because, hey, I might have experienced that, but you guys might have experienced something, too. See, that, that's another part of this skewed thing is that um, we always tend to be sensitive to, well, you know, white on black. Well, what about black on white? Mm -hmm. That's a real taboo for us to talk about that. You know, I, and I wish we could um, just have a whole conversation and maybe in a podcast we can follow up with it. Because you've helped me a lot too, Harold, and encouraged me with that matter of this, uh, seg you know, the church can be the most segregated um, hour of the entire week that way. Um, and I really value that you bring um, even more passion um, to what, what can be that way. So, um, again, thank you, for, thank you for doing that. Thank you. So uh, I can't let him dodge. <laughs> so, Pastor Guy, what what, uh, what what are your what are your quick thoughts? You know, on 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 the protests. I mean, just everything going on. Not the riots, but the protests. You know, right. Uh, very complicated. Uh, you know, swirling issues that are there, and it's easy to pick a side, especially if you um, you know you think that there's something that's being missed along the way. I'm so thankful that we live in the country that when um, people see an injustice, they can speak out to it. And I think um, these protests, a lot of it has gone back to, um, let's speak against the evil of racism. Let's speak against the evil of injustice. And for those things to be um, highlighted and spoken against, for that, I think there, there can be good that will come from it. Absolutely. Yeah, well said. Can I say, so th there are some practical things that, they, that can happen from a believer's standpoint. <clears throat> Understand that there are um, decades, if it, there have been some institutional racist acts that have gone unnoticed and just need to be um, highlighted, you know, for like, um, you know, the either three strikes you're out. And, um, a lot of the drug laws were instituted and they disproportionately affect some communities more than others. I mean, you know, those are real issues that need to be addressed. That's an area for the church. That's an area that the church can show the love of Christ 
that's a practical area to come alongside to allow conversation to take this back from the government because this is not a government issue this is a heart issue and the government cannot address the heart the only people that can address a heart are those that created the heart and that's the only one man and that's Jesus Christ so I've been able to handle this he's my shield I put on the full armor of God Another thing Christians need to understand is Ephesians 6, 10, and 11. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, mm. but against the principalities, powers of the spiritual world and heavenly forces in the, in, in the spiritual force of the heavenly realm. Mm. So we need to put on the full armor. We need to talk about the gospel of peace. We need to talk about the, the, the belt of truth. Mm-hmm. The young people acting out, that was the belt of truth. Now, there's another agenda on the riot side that had nothing to do right. with the protest, I believe. But the narrative was there, and it was skewed. And unless we, unless we deal with truth, then error will take that narrative, and then we're, oh, yeah. you know, we're just kind of like chasing a uh, moving target. Every time, man. You know, the, but see, that's yeah. the evil one. And the evil one is a bait of Satan. Did you know to be offended is satanic? It's one thing for something to happen to me, but it's another thing for me to be offended. You, so. you mentioned, Harold, if I can jump in for just a second, Bill, to say um, there are, if I use the word baggage, there's baggage of the past. Now, I'm not sure that's the best term, but there's stuff sure, of the yeah, past that's being okay. um, carried along. And I'd consider myself a fairly well-read person, but in conversations with you and others, I've realized that there's a lot of things of, you know, of past or things are getting carried along that I was just oblivious to and um, crucial conversations, hard, uncomfortable conversations um, like these. I know just they've really served me um, well. So to listen and to learn, I'm finding it, it opens my heart and causes me to lean in even more. So let's just mention a couple of the ones we talked about earlier. I think it will help some people. Do some research. The bedrock problem that we are seeing here when it really comes to racial reconciliation and harmony partially stems from taking prayer out. Yeah. Keep your mic up. Oh, too, excuse me. Hello. Yeah. Me? You take, you're saying yeah. things worth hearing. Right, right, right. Taking prayer out of schools. In 1962, when they took prayer out of schools, the divorce rate went up. Hmm. When the divorce rate went up, both black and white families both suffered. In the 25 years from the 1962, 25 years later, white, white households um, without fathers in the home, children born out of wedlock, went from 25 to 43%. Black households went from 40 to 72%. Oh, that's heartbreaking. Now, not only that, but now if you have of... of Children with no father in the home, they're eight times, the, the mother's eight times more likely to be in, in poverty. By the way, 75% of people in poverty are not black. Three quarters of people in poverty are white. They're just in more rural areas and there's no NBC, ABC, CBS with cameras to go and look at them. It's a lot easier to go into the urban areas and see the plight going on there. See, uh, again, yeah. it's another narrative. 
So when you don't have a father in the home to, to provide and you make welfare laws, hey, if you're married, you can't be on welfare, now you're perpetuating. You're giving incentive. Right? You're giving yeah. incentive to get away from the God-given structure of the family. And that's what leads into racism. The one great thing that I had was I had a God-fearing mom and I had a God-fearing dad. Unfortunately, he had experienced a lot of racism in the Army. My father was an officer, had to stand guard in OCS, but the white officers wouldn't let him use the bathroom. He had to use it outside in the Korean War. So that impacted him deeply. So he was turned off and then a lot of, but even through that, Jesus redeemed that part of his heart before we passed away (laughs) and used my wife and I through that in order to happen. So the father not being in the home Right. So me seeing my dad go through that and stick with my mom and them raising us gave us the foundation in truth so that we would not be a part of the problem out here. The answer to racism is Jesus. I like that. I like that. And it's not a, just a catchy catchphrase type of thing. If it wasn't for truth. Jesus, I'd be yeah. out there probably doing something like that, too, because yeah. it would have been a systemic thing that would have been passed on. Hmm. But that's what we need to get back. Harold, we had somebody ask a, a pretty good question, and I can identify with this, this type of question. Um, this is something that uh, I believe a lot of people um, are dealing with. So if, if you're not in a racially tense situation, like if that's not your, because you got stories, right? You shared a couple of, like someone like me doesn't have those same stories, no. right? Where so, do you live? <laughs> I grew up in Muskego. You're not right? you're not down on Sherman where no. they're doing protests every night. No. Right? And that's a reality of the situation. Yeah. That's part of the sanitation I talked about yesterday at church. Mm-hmm. See, we can feel we're sanitized because we're you know, I could easily say, Oh yeah, I live out in Waukesha. I'm not you know, I don't want to deal with that. Yeah. Well, that would be pretty selfish for me to do that in a sense. Now I'm not going down and putting myself in harm's way. Mm-hmm. My kids were not necessarily doing that. But what I do want to do is be a bridge and to connect. And even if you're not in that situation yourself, it still impacts you because you have an opportunity to share the love of Christ. And if you don't do that, now you're, you're just, what's, what's our purpose as believers? In Matthew 20 to 18, it didn't say, go into the world and live comfortably. No, no, no it did not. In it fact. didn't. No. Look what Gideon is doing. Gideon yeah. Banda is about to go to the to the Digo, yeah. leave his relatively mm. comfortable ministry, and going into the unreached in Mombasa area. Mm. That hit me this morning. I was just like, oh my gosh, if he can do that, I can come on Facebook Live <laughs> and talk about this. So everyone needs to ask themselves in the heart and spirit, what are you leading me to do? Mm. Is there someone that I work with that I can say, you know what, man, I know what's going on out there. It's rough. I don't know if anyone's going to say that, but look, I'm white. You're black. I love you, though. Yeah. Well, what, what, some people feel like guilty almost by association. 
right? So, so maybe they're not a person who has who has discriminated in this right. or, or prejudged in that yeah. way or, or, or dished out some of that racial stuff that we're seeing, right? But by association, they feel almost like, man, I owe this person right. something. Like, I got I to gotta go up to them and I don't know what to say, but I'm yeah. going to say something real stupid and insensitive probably, but, like, I got to do from your vantage point like how, how do you feel this should somebody feel a guilt or an obligation to treat you better isn't that kind of well i mean that impresses me kind of as a uh i'll shut up and let you talk by the yeah. way but, but like that's that's like a weird tentacle of racism almost i've I mean, heard a word white guilt yeah that's what i'm talking about i should have said that that would have made sense yeah but hannah didn't how use deep that should language. we go on this from the, i i think you know just to be able to to keep the crucial conversation um, as real as we possibly can. All right. So this is me. This is my opinion. I don't believe in white guilt. A, you cannot ascribe the sin of somebody else because you did not control that person. You can only control two things, your action and your attitude. Even if the person is in the same family, you cannot ascribe because that's something that you cannot can control. You can carry that around the rest of your life, and it's all a tool of Satan. All Satan wants to do is to spread fear and to separate. That's all he wants to do. Now, there are, there are institutional imbalances in some areas that need to be addressed, and if you can't address them, Feel free, but be careful. Don't try to ascribe white guilt because, two, it's not genuine in a sense. And, you know, that doesn't do anything. The worst thing in the world is for someone to be a victim. Now, this is, this is going to might be insensitive to some folks, but just hear me out. Again, I can't stop birds from flying around my head. I can't stop people from being racist towards me. It's going to happen the rest... Till Jesus comes home, there's going to be racism. It, hopefully it's less and less and less and less as we get more closer to the Lord. It's called sanctification, right? Mm -hmm. There's justification and there's sanctification. Justification is, okay, you know, I sinned. Mm -hmm. Jesus died on the cross. Now there's sanctification. Lord, you know, I've, I've, I've had a past with racism. Help me. And then I get less, less and less and less, right? Mm -hmm. But it's not going to go away. But I have the choice whether I'm going to be a victim or not. Even if you're racist towards me, let me just say this one thing. Yeah. Harriet Tubman, mm -hmm. in that environment, <laughs> she said, hey, man, I got to get out of here, and there's freedom. Hmm. The slave masters didn't stop being racist. She just said, I'm going to stop being a victim. And she went against all odds and left. And by the way, she came back, I believe it was 13 times and helped other slaves get free. Yeah. They don't teach that in the schools anymore. Mm -hmm. So the kids don't see both black and white, don't see stories of true victory. See, you don't give me my victory. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to ask you permission for me to be free. I like it. So you don't have to be guilty. Just make sure you don't practice it. Right. And make sure you allow the love of Jesus to allow you. Because the worst thing in the world is to perpetuate victimization. Mm -hmm. That comes from within. So I don't believe in white guilt. It's not necessary. Mm -hmm. Admit 
call it out. Don't say, oh, that person deserved it when it's not. Mm -hmm. But don't ascribe something that wasn't you. It's a heart condition. Every man's got to stand before the Lord and say, hey, do I have these tendencies in my heart? You can't say, well, my grandfather was a slave master, so now I got to be guilty. Well, right. you weren't there. That's between him and God, not you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Sure. Latanya, she shares that the root of racism is sin. And I know you said as much. Pretty sure we would agree with that. Um, sure. Yeah, absolutely. No question. So Latanya, hey, we agree with you. The root of racism is sin. But she says, hey, how do we begin those conversations um, that we do see color and that God made us different? How do we, how do we enter into that, that conversation? See color. Yeah. Remember I just said I'm black or I mean I'm brown. You're white. No, you're pink. And depending on the tan. I'm a little red because right, I well, got too I much sun yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right? Man. Yeah. Black, yellow, red, and white. We were all precious in his sight. You remember that? For us for us boomers, that was a mm. a song. Jesus loves the little children. Jesus loves the little children. They don't sing hymns like that anymore, but that's mm. how I grew up. Except the differences. God is not monolithic. God is not a one-size-fits-all. By the way, if it wasn't black and white and we all had the exact same level of pigmentation, you know what it would be? It'd be the big noses versus the little noses. It would be the hair with no hair. It would be the under 150, the over 150. I'm serious. It would be oh, something I, I, because we're be. fallen people. Yeah. We're fallen and we have wicked hearts. If somebody's going to say, I don't have a wicked heart, then you, then you, you don't know truth. Now, we should accept that the fact, okay, the first thing we see, okay, is that color. Then you address it and you say, you know what? I am not going to judge that person on the content of the character. My ancestors spent 420-something years fighting against being judged by the color of our skin. Then I should, therefore, not use that same thing to judge. <laughs> okay? Excuse me. Now, there is some... Thing, you know, you haven't been in situations that I've been in, so you haven't experienced that. And I think sometimes there's this feeling, well, I haven't experienced what they have, so I should be sensitive to it. Right. Here's your sensitivity. Yes, I'm sensitive to it. Mm -hmm. Appreciate it. Not on my watch. Mm -hmm. That's all I ask for. That's a great, yeah, that's the attitude. Not right? on my watch. I'm not going to stand for it, but I can't go back not and correct it. Not going to stand for it. You can't go back yeah. and correct it. What we can do is here. Mm -hmm. And when it's needed, Let's call a spade a spade, if I can use that yeah. know, terms. Let's call it what it is. And if you have tendencies, it's okay. You know what? I have a tendency to judge people that come from a certain area. That's true. Mm -hmm. It happens. You know, yeah. people will judge me if I, I mean, you would. <laughs> I used to work for a telecom company in a northern suburb of Chicago, Wilmette. Mm -hmm. I got the police called on me, and I had logo and everything yeah in fact the police officer would drive by and he'd go hey harold how you doing uh, hi did she do it again yep she did it again uh, and he was so embarrassed i'm like you know what it's just you know it's all right but guess what i know who i am that person didn't define me mm. man well, okay well, yeah all right yeah well kind of in that same vein so so the not on my watch right that kind of in that that thought how do we go from reactive to 
proactive? I mean, what does that look like? Yeah. So um, things like this is proactive. Um, invite, invite a family over to your house to eat dinner. Or lunch. And let the neighbors see them walk in. Uh-oh. Mm. I got them, yeah. Hmm. So when I went to small group with Pastor Guy, there's a couple neighbors, I'm sure, were like, who's that guy? I know it. But you know what's awesome? It's actually more uh, brave, in a sense, that he allowed it. Hmm. See, by the way, um, right after the uh, Emancipation Proclamation, if I remember, I remember, I don't remember the exact time, so you history guys out there, I know it was in the 1700s. Did you know that the majority of state legislators in the South were black? Right after they were freed? They ran for office and they were able to be voted in, but because of the red coats, which was basically a um, terrorist organization, they were um, racist. They came and they did not, they came in, 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 terrorized the white believers they were quakers and puritans and white believers and said you guys are sympathizing towards them and they they practiced violence on them and killed some of them and actually believe it or not lynched some of them and they were white and then they backed off and they started voting in people that looked like them because of fear wow. this is my point there there's always been if there would not have been a freedom of slavery if it wasn't for white people that believed that slavery was wrong. Mm -hmm. So this is not a black right thing. This is a truth and error. This is a sin and truth thing. So what you can do is just express the love of Christ. If you want to be proactive, just when the opportunity presents itself, go the extra mile and yeah. say, hey, man, how you doing? But yeah. don't be fake. See, that's very important because fake is like patronizing. It's almost, if I can use this term and then, you know, just understand the analogy, it's almost like blackface. Don't be blackface. Just be real. He and I are real. We can be real with each other. We joke, you know. Mm -hmm. Just be real. Say, man, I'm different than you, you know. Mm -hmm. He's got a green egg, though. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I can bring some stuff over and cook some soul stuff yeah, up. Yeah. Celebrate the differences. Yeah. I might, I might, you know, he might not never go back, though, if he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> you see what I'm saying? I mean, we yeah. just celebrate our differences and not, and not try to devoid them. Mary asks, hey, how should we respond to fellow Christians, right? And, and I would even expand that to friends and family, right? Um, how do we respond to, to, to those people that we love, perhaps, who see no need to change their behavior? Like, everything's fine. That's not my problem. Like, That's a really, really good question. Yeah, thank well, you, Open Mary. that up, though. Let's just be real. No mm -hmm. need to change the behavior of what? Being racist? <sighs> not Being sure. racist? Not sure. Being um, racist? <laughs> Nicole, can you provide any more clarity on that one? Was there more to the? Uh, I know we're live, right? We're just we're just. Being yeah, I mean, real. I just need to have context because it's, yeah. so if you know, it says like you know, open up. That was everything. 
Okay, say that one more time. So okay. I understand. So Mary asked, how should we respond to fellow Christians? And I said friends or mm -hmm. family as well. Um, who see no need to change their behavior. Okay, yeah. so I'm going to take that within the context, if I can, because you didn't get more detail. Yeah, let's go for it. Um, to, to have no need to change their behavior, it may have some racist tendencies. Can we say that? That's what you're saying, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like so no, no problem here. Right. Yeah. Um, that's probably the most risky for that person. And it's risky for me. I mean, I hold other black people accountable not to be racist. Mm -hmm. And I get vilified for it. I've been called an Oreo. I've been called an Uncle Tom. You know what the Oreo is? It's a cookie. Oh, I know that, that quite well. Joke. You're supposed to laugh. <laughs> 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 Let's be real, right? Yeah. It's dark on the outside, but it's white in the middle. Why? Because I don't act black. Mm. But here's the point. I said, look, if you don't want to, you know, we're independent thinkers. Okay. If you see that happening, especially around a young person, you need to address that or else you're the problem. Omission is, what is it called? Like, you Perpetuation. know. Perpetuation. Yeah, but it's a, there's a legal term. And like, if you see a crime happening and you don't say anything, complicit. you're complicit. Yeah. So in uh, 1994, uh, 1995-96, I was shopping at a store and my wife and I were standing in, in, in line. There was a five-year-old five white boy there standing there, or maybe four. And he's looking behind me. I'm standing there. He's looking behind me like this. He's looking up and down. And he's looking behind me. And he goes, he says, and I go down like this. I'm like, yeah, what? This is kind of rough now. He says, you don't have a tail. Oh, no. Oh. And his mom was standing right there. She's turned seven shades. And I said, no, that was a lie. Mm. We don't have tails. And I just stood right up and I looked at her mom and I mm. didn't say a word. I'm not going to chew the kid out or treat him. But you know what? It wasn't his fault. It was the mom's fault. So what you can do is stop that stuff. Mm when you're all around comfortable environments and stand with truth regardless. Because by the way, you think you're getting over, but the Holy Spirit sees you and the Holy Spirit's grieved. Regardless, black, white. Yeah, uh, so you just said racism grieves the spirit of God. Injustice. Amen grieves the spirit of God. When we embrace those things, we are grieving God's spirit and need to be called out. So in the Samaritans, I don't remember the chapter and verse, but the Samaritan, that, was, that, that grieved the spirit, right? When that Samaritan wasn't treated right because of their ethnic background and the, the person walking on the path didn't pick them up mm -hmm. because of their ethnic background. It wasn't because they were a leper. It was because of their ethnic background. Mm -hmm. that, that That's why... 
I believe Paul allowed that to be in the New Testament. Yeah, yeah I mean, Samaritans were treated just terribly. That was, and it was acceptable, right? It was, it was right. totally okay. Did you know, so a lot of people don't believe, they don't understand even some history. You know, black and white slavery wasn't the first slavery there, right? It wasn't the first racial injustice is done. Hmm. It wasn't white towards black. Give us first slaves were not white towards black. It was the Hebrews in the Old, in the Old Testament. Hmm. Let my people go. It wasn't a black white thing. <laughs> no. No. So we cannot just look at this. Now, this is important because it happens. But again, it's another expression of the same spirit of sin that's been around since, since Genesis. And by the way, that is some, some, you know, let's just break that down what we talked about on the stage there. You and I are brothers, aren't we? Absolutely, we are. We're more alike than different. And in fact, you, my heart could save your life more than another white man's heart if we're genetically compatible. Mm-hmm. Under the skin, we both bleed red, right? O Noah positive? had three. O positive? I'm, I, I'm O. Well, so that means we, yeah, we, that would be a problem. But I don't know. But we could, yeah. <laughs> Right. Send, I don't know. I send don't you know guys that. over to the blood drive. This blood drive. Oh, no, right. Let's yeah. ask the doctor. Right. But <laughs> but so maybe maybe you can help me out with this. But from what I understand, Noah had three sons, Ham, Shem, and Japheth. Correct. Ham migrated south into Cush. Right. Shem migrated east into Asia Minor, and Japheth migrated north into Gog. Ham means dark skinned. Shem means olive skinned, Asian. Japheth means fair skin. They were all brothers. Mm-hmm. Now, two dark-skinned people cannot give birth to a light-skinned person, but a light-skinned and a dark-skinned person can give birth to either light or dark. I've seen pictures with identical twins. One has brown eyes, one has blue eyes, one has blonde hair, one, right? Split. So that means either Noah and his wife, one of them was dark-skinned. So the history of dark-skinned people goes all the way back to Adam. Indeed. So when we look at the truth of that, guys, we got to get away from this 1.1 millimeter thick covering that'll burn off, and we got to get real with each other, and let's put some salve on that. So let that extra mile is, if you have a neighbor, if you have a coworker, just say, look, you know what? I know some stuff's happening out there, but I'm going to let you know, as far as I'm concerned, I love you in the love of the Lord. Now, they might not accept it. Now, let's, let, let's be practical. Yeah, right. You know how you're just trying to, you know, sure. if that happens, hey, you might feel that way. I still love you regardless because that's called what? Agape love, not mm-hmm. conditional. Right. Don't get upset if they don't accept it because they didn't accept Jesus' love. Nope. And if Jesus can go through that, what are we supposed to do? That's right. Keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, right? We do. Hey, it's time to uh, wrap things up. Uh, so we're going we're gonna to start to close here. Yeah. Yeah. One, one quick word. Please. I heard, um, I wrote this in my journal, so I, I, I brought it in here today. Uh, the words weren't original with me, but as soon as I heard them, it's like that is exactly what I've been feeling um, in my heart now just for years and years. And actually it was um, Andy Stanley that I heard say this, um, but the statement that just continues to resonate with me and tell me what you guys think. Uh, to be non-racist is not enough. 
To be anti-racist is what love demands. To be anti-racist is to be like Jesus. That's, that's, like that, trying, that's where I'm at. It's like trying to be almost pregnant if you say being non-racist. It's impossible to be almost pregnant. Either you are or you aren't. I mean, guys. Either I mean, it, it's like a magnet. The yeah, magnet it's, it's has polar neutral, opposites, right? right? Is that neutral? Like, can't hey, be neutral. You know, I, I, I'm okay. No. Um, anti is if I see racism, then I am going to speak into it. Yes. I am going to speak. Um, you know, again, that the the words of love, you know, grace and truth. But to to see racism and to do nothing, I think that's when. That complicity. So that's that's what yes. I'm trying to communicate. You know, just a neutrality right. and racism. Like, hey, I'm not, so everything's if good. If it's, it's not like, in no. your neighborhood, it's okay. That's yeah. not good enough. Yeah, I am completely anti-racism. Right. So if, you know, in communication, hey, you see what's going on there? Yeah. You know, those so-and-sos are, you know, those black people, white people, nah. You know what, man? They're bad people everywhere. They're good people everywhere. I'm not going to whitewash a whole group of people because of what someone has done in their heart. I can't do that because then I give them the freedom to say I'm a certain way and that's not right. No, no. We represent Christ. Represent Christ. Yep. Um, The answer to racism is Jesus Christ. Right? The root of racism is sin. There's only one way to change. This is a hard thing like you've said, Harold, as we've echoed. How, How do you change the heart? Well, the bottom line is I can't change my heart. I can cooperate with God as he changes my heart. There but, you go. but this this requires a certain type of heart surgeon to fix what's going on in here. You know, and, and, and I don't have the number for anybody who can fix that except Jesus. Amen. Right. So we we just keep looking at him. We keep our eyes locked on Christ, the author of our faith, the perfecter of our faith, the one who's gone before us. Right. Who endured in the, the cross at scorn at shame. Right. And now he's seated at the right hand of the father. Right. So we, we just. We just keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. You know what's going on right now? Hmm. Archangel Michael and Gabriel are getting enthused. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, it's not like they need. See, God, Jesus doesn't need it. But the angels, the angels get enthused and they're going to war. There's battles going on the unseen now. Hmm. So I just like to, you know, if I can put a prophetic word to say that. Um, there will be consequences when you do that. You got to be willing to take them. Yeah. You got to be willing to take them. But it's scary. But you know, fear is not of God. 2 Timothy 1, 7. Come on. God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Yeah, it's scary. Mm -hmm. But you know what? What if I don't? And, you know, after Peter messed up, what did he do? He's the bedrock of the church. So in the past, if this happened and you kind of walked and said, I didn't do that right. You know, I kind of sided with my buddies that told a racial joke and statement like that. Now, no, that's well said. Racial jokes, in a sense, are not, you know, I grew up when you could really tell a racial joke and not really be a big deal. Mm -hmm. But now it's so politically incorrect. But the reality of it is be willing and understand that you're going to have to stand. But if you stand, Archangel Michael and Gabriel are right there. Yeah. That's why I brought that up. Yeah, man. 
because that allows you to have strength of the Lord. Yeah. Yeah, realize who we're standing with, right? We're standing with God Almighty, you know? See, it's not not on his watch. He's not all right with it, you know? So let's let's stand with him. Yeah, that's well said, Bill. Right? Races of God, celebrate it, rejoice, embrace it. Racism is of the devil. And hence, you can see the difference. And, and same with injustice. Well Justice is of God. And a lot of the things that have been going on have been about injustice as much as they have race and racism. And if we are not going to um, stand for justice, then we are not standing again with Jesus. Amen. Oh, Amen. Thank you so much. So many people are saying thank you, Harold, for uh, sharing your story. Yeah, for sure I do. Yeah, yeah. Pastor God, myself, I mean, thank yep. you, thank you, thank you for sharing your story. Uh, if, if you weren't saying it, I wouldn't know it. Right. You know, I mean, it's, it's like yeah. so obvious, but, but, man, it's just so true and so necessary. So in the same way that we're, uh, the three of us are advocating that people would step in in these situations. Um, just want to say again, thank you for you stepping out in faith, saying yes to Jesus, and uh, and, and blessing us yeah. uh, as a community in Christ. And uh, and and as you you spoke earlier, we got a lot of different people, right? A lot of people are maybe don't know Jesus as Savior quite yet, hmm. um, but He's pursuing us all because of His agape love, and and hmm. and we just get to benefit from it. So thank you, Harold. Again, uh, don't want to laud you with praises you know it's not me it's just the holy spirit amen there you, know. you go see i'm you, you know good yeah, it has nothing to do with me very you know, good I put thank it on you. the line very good. Amen. <laughs> mary said thank you harold for being a wise man in christ i've had hard conversations and you have put me back on track with christ the answer to oh, racism wow. is jesus man praise god hey thank that, you that was worth <laughs> that praise god praise god that's why we did it. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for participating in the conversation. Thanks for tuning in. Um, hey, let's not let it end here. I know that we're about sure. to end yeah. here, but, yep. but like, hey, not on our watch. Let's represent Christ. Let's love, right? Let's love as Christ has loved us. Let's, let's, let's do that, right? As, and take joy in it, right? Responsibility, yes, but joy in it as well. Um, let's show the love of Jesus. All right, hey everybody. Any any last words? Red and yellow, black Red, and white. Yeah. God bless you, We're all precious in His sight. Yeah. We need like rings on, like <laughs> like that movie, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> cool. All right, I'll see you guys. Have a good night. Love all you guys. Right, Peace. Good stuff. We hope you were encouraged today. Subscribe to the Fox River Podcast to ensure you don't miss future messages. Stay connected through our social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, make a difference in the lives of those you know by sharing with them. We are grateful for you and hope you join us again soon.